Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Welcome back to the 750. I am your ORG Ochoa. He is your 75, two time Super Bowl champion, college football Hall of Famer, the one, the only, the sad after the Dallas Stars lost in the Stanley Cup finals. Tony Casillas, TC, what up? I'm doing good, but I think you're wrong about being sad. I, you know, I professed early on that I was a bandwagon fan for the Stars, like a lot of other people, and I apologize for that. But I, I don't think the Dallas Stars. Has to make any apology, consider what we saw in that series. And, um, you know, I I have a, a new appreciation for hockey players, RJ, because after watching that series, and look, I watched all six games I mean, from start to finish. I mean, I was all in. But my whole take on it is professional hockey players, not only are they badasses, but they're hell of an athlete. And yeah. I that's watching that, but, man, it was a hell of a series in Tampa Bay – they earned it. And the fact that they did it in the bubble for, what, two months and played like 130 games is remarkable to have that theater and the emotions. It was fun to watch. It is um, – I think when, when all this started, uh, we all thought, like, would, would these championships have an asterisk? You know what I mean? Because it was different. I don't feel that way about the Lightning. No. Um, and so it was, it was a lot of fun to watch. And as you said, kudos to everybody that pulled it off. The Stars – Provided a fun bit of energy, especially uh, right now with the way the Cowboys are playing. Um, and uh, there's some, some some COVID news as it pertains to the NFL. I want to start off, Tony, uh, because there's a tweet going around that is is false that I just want to make sure. Uh, and because you know how it is. People see headlines. People get alerts on There's their phone. Jack, your Twitter account? Right. Well, no. So uh, you and I were talking on on Tuesday morning. That's when we record the 750 every week. And Jerry Jones appears on 105.3 The Fan every Tuesday morning. And so Jerry was asked his final question um, if he sees a gap between the Kansas City Chiefs, who looked incredible on Monday Night Football, and the Dallas Cowboys. And obviously the Cowboys have an offense that's putting up numbers, but nobody would deny that there's a gap between the two teams. So he said, yeah, of course. He hyped up Clyde Edwards-Elair. Uh, their rookie running back out of LSU, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And then he talked about Pat Mahomes, Patrick Mahomes, excuse me, his uh, his mother tweeted that she does not like him being called Pat, uh, how Patrick Mahomes is amazing um, and how he can see things, you know, without looking and all, you know, all the things we've talked mm-hmm. about Patrick Mahomes. He said, we played a quarterback like that on Sunday in Russell Wilson, obviously a very talented passer himself. Jerry Jones then talked about Dak Prescott's last play where he threw the interception. He got out of the tackle, the would-be sack, and on and on and on. And he said Tony Romo had that ability, just the the ability to kind of see things without actually seeing them. Uh, And there's a tweet going around uh, that makes it seem like Jerry Jones said that Tony Romo could make the play that Dak Prescott did not. 
That is not what Jerry Jones said. Uh, we will play the audio for you, courtesy of 105.3 The Fan, on Wednesday's episode of The Ocho. But uh, I just I want to make sure that, that nobody thinks something happened that did not happen. You know, we've got to use yeah, our platform I, for good. Well, I, I think we want to make a, a story that where there's not a story. And, and look, I think even Jerry is, is you know, is, 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 you know, is, is, you know, how he likes his, his team and is, is just so uh, tries to build his team up and um, is really positive. I don't think he would make a statement like that. I mean, let's not, let's not misconstrue that. No. And, to, was- your point, and, and to your point about uh, Patrick Mahomes and Kansas city right now, the two best teams in the national football league, hands down are Seattle Seahawks and the Kansas city chiefs. And, you know, in, in my opinion, I, I think that that's, one and two because of just what we've seen with the Seattle Seahawks and with Kansas City, what they did to the Baltimore Ravens. I mean, oh, my gosh. I mean, Lamar Jackson was just – I mean, they rushed the passer and made so many mistakes. They couldn't protect. And then Patrick Mahomes is Patrick Mahomes. Now, the difference between, I will say, Tony Romo and Patrick Mahomes, Patrick Mahomes will make that throw, will make yeah. that execute, that risk he will make, and he'll find somebody open just because of – his ability. And I, let's face it. I mean, he's a young, he's far a better quarterback than Tony Romo ever was. So yeah, I, well, I, I he's, don't, he's a better quarterback than most people have ever been. You know, that's just that, the reality. This is he's putting up. So for someone to, and, and like I said, as much as, is as, as Jerry is so positive and builds his team up and tries to speak in the same breath as someone like Kansas city, you can't do that. And I think Jerry knows that. And everyone else that looks at that tweet and that's what they're going to decipher. I mean, come on, man. I mean, give Jerry just a little respect. Yeah, I mean, I know that Jerry He's Jones not delusional. I mean, yeah. we always accuse people of being delusional, but that would be a, a delusional thought by anyone to think that he would make those comparisons. No, it's – I mean, again, Jerry is certainly known for uh, – saying some some wonderful and some colorful things uh but i mean who what you know like the the responses to this tweet were like wow he really said that no he didn't say that because that would be incredibly stupid uh it's just uh it's stirring the pot which some people like to do um and and that is what it is patrick Mahomes, you mentioned look great on monday night football uh the baltimore ravens looked beatable although obviously the cowboys are not the chiefs and we'll see Obviously, what happens uh, between now and when the Cowboys visit the Ravens, that is the Thursday after Thanksgiving, so a lot of time between now and then. Before we get to the Cowboys, Tony, we have to talk about it because it's happening as you and I are talking. I mentioned we record every Tuesday morning. The Tennessee Titans had three new player positives as far as COVID-19 is concerned and five new personnel positives. Uh, It's been reported by every major outlet. ESPN's Diana Rossini was the first to report that a league source texted her that they are shutting down. Down Tennessee until Saturday, which means no Titans coaches or players can be in the building. The Tennessee Titans play the Pittsburgh Steelers in week four, and the Minnesota Vikings travel to take on the Houston Texans in week four. Again, the Vikings, the team that the Titans played last week, uh, who are also shutting down out of an abundance of caution. Um, again, obviously, this has nothing to do with the Cowboys, but this is a reality in the NFL. Obviously, the way these teams handle it is going to impact the rest of the league. We've seen other leagues, Tony, handle uh, positive cases as they come up. We're starting to see college football handle it. This is the first time that has happened, uh, at least that we're all aware of, uh, in regards to the NFL. And so what the league does next is going to be very pivotal uh, in terms of how they play out the rest of the season. 
Well, I guess they can look at Major League Baseball. Didn't early on in their when they started their season was it the was the the was it the Florida Marlins or the Miami? Uh, they changed their name. It's the team in yeah, Miami. Miami. <laughs> What is it now? It's the the Miami. Yeah, that's where they went from Florida, like the state. It's like they were no longer proud of the state. Just the Miami. Yeah, it's like like when somebody's like you know, like when a a guy that who's been like Chucky is like, call me Charles. You know, something like that. Yeah, be calling you Chuck the whole time. But yeah, so I guess you just kind of to you know follow what they did, and and I think that wasn't there. You know, two teams affected by it that were playing, and I guess they canceled a couple of games. Baseball's different though. I mean, they, you know, their schedule, their short COVID uh, season is what? Was it 60, 70 games? So it's a lot different than, than, than the NFL. So I don't know, RJ, will this be our first canceled game of the season, considering they're going to have to wait in the whole protocol and make getting tested? You know, they played Minnesota last weekend, so those players are going to have to go through testing and they're going to close everything down and just disinfect everything and find out where they stand. I, I, this may be – on the, the cusp of maybe the first game that could be canceled. I mean, there are a number of ways to look at this. A lot of people are suggesting different things, right? Uh, maybe you, you have, uh, in, in this particular case, you have the Titans, the Steelers, the Vikings, and the Texans take their bye weeks now. You know, you, you kind of flip things around. Yeah, all, all of that is possible. Yeah. Obviously, it's, I mean, again, it's only Tuesday. I would imagine that because uh, if Diana Rossini's report is, is true, and, and there's no reason why it wouldn't be, that, that the Titans won't be back a lot in their building until Saturday, there's no way they're playing an NFL game on, on Sunday. I saw, um, I think it was Mike Clay, I, I believe from ESPN, suggested maybe you have the Titans and Steelers play on Tuesday if they're allowed back in their building on Saturday, which is kind of a normal prep time for Thursday night football. Again, not ideal, but obviously we're living and dealing with ideal or non-ideal circumstances. Uh, uh, but again, what, how would that impact next week? You know, there's and and you've got now. I, I'm not saying this is important, but people people are people. People are asking about their fantasy leagues. You know, like th- this this impacts every average Joe in the world on on some on, on on insignificant levels, certainly. But but you know, this this is a big deal, and so. I don't know what happens next, and but I do, and I think you agree, I certainly believe that the way the NFL handles this is going to set the template for how, you know, because it's certainly very possible that there could be more positive tests uh, throughout the rest of the season, and so they have to determine how they're going to handle it, and they have to, do, I, I think they have to also put into place, what if the Titans or Vikings or Texans or Steelers are a team involved again? You can't just assume, okay, well, we're going to we're gonna throw your schedule out of whack one time, and you'll only have to deal with it once this season because it could happen again in a month it could happen again in two months you just don't know but um i i don't think they'll cancel a game i mean i can't that i really can't see i don't know about you yeah i i don't think uh, look i think the idea of maybe switching the bye weeks and and uh and this is also a thought um you have rapid testing you can find out and get quick results who has it and who doesn't and just kind of go from there and see how many guys are actually going to be affected by it you have six or seven guys that, that tested positive, obviously they're going to have to quarantine and uh, redo all the – go through all the protocol of COVID testing, National Football League. And then Minnesota, this, the same situation with them. How many of those guys are rapid test them? And then just kind of take that out of the equation, if you will. And then you can probably go from there. I think right now the point is finding out who has it and who doesn't and then mm-hmm. move on from there. And then not canceling a game, but – 
you know, now with the virtual learning and everything, the way, you know, the NFL and all these different sports are handling business, you can have your, your meetings and virtual and Zoom meetings and all the information. And I think it could be done. I mean, if you Saturday, if you're you get the game plan in by via Zoom. Um, but I, I think it's a very difficult. It's you know, it's a thing about this, RJ. No one knows. I mean, we haven't mm-hmm. this is the first time they dealt with this. So we just kind of kind of, you know, just got to wait and see. Well, the NFL had time, more time than any other league to prepare. Obviously, they got the season started off on a great foot. Uh, you mentioned the NHL now done with their bubble. Um, we'll see. I mean, I, I would imagine that the NFL in their meetings over the spring and early part of the summer said, okay, what is the protocol if a player tests positive during the season? And assuming that conversation yeah. happened now it's now it's the time where you 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 pull out that powerpoint and you pull out you know that that book that manual you wrote and you just follow the protocol that you put together um but okay tony so that's that's all the but you also and to keep this in mind this is the next six or seven weeks is flu season you can't keep all these guys on campus like <laughs> they asked stephen jones about I thought that was great. He used a reference or asked him, do you have any desire to go find some corner and defensive backup? And he goes, oh, well, we like the players that we have on campus. I just hope he wasn't talking about the Arkansas Razorback campus because we know what that program is anyway. But that's another story. <laughs> um, but I, I think that you just, uh, you know, uh, a lot of variables are going to go in place. And, I mean, as long as they keep it in check, I mean, I think it's inevitable it's going to happen. But, I mean, you can't do it like the NHL did. I mean, the perfect right. opportunity for them, and that was a different story. But you're right. I mean, this uh, this will be one of those things. You've got to wait and see and see what unfolds. It's um, – well, let's let's start with Steven's quote. I mean, at this point, we all know the Cowboys lost 38-31 to to the Seahawks. Uh, Steven Jones was on 105.3 The Fan on Monday uh, and said, yeah, we – we like the guys we have. And I thought it was interesting, by the way, that he said on campus. I, I know you poked fun at Arkansas. By the way, uh, you know. Hey, my no, daughter he, goes to Arkansas. Our money know, goes to Arkansas. I, I know that. They are not a good football program right now. That That's true. I just want to say I am a fighting Texas Aggie, and we are undefeated in SEC play. This, that's up. all I want to say. I just no. I want to get that on the record. Anyway. We um, last week, and they do prolific Oklahoma Sooners offense and defense. My oh, gosh. my gosh. Skyler Thompson and Chris Kleiman there right now, they have OU's number because, my gosh, what a meltdown. But we're here to talk about Cowboys, right? Yeah. So, shout out uh, to Oklahoma. Shout out to Oklahoma. Texas Longhorns. Shout out to Texas Tech for not getting it done. Uh, but anyway, um, so yeah, Steven says we ha- we like the guys we have on campus. This group, Tony, that he's talking about, this secondary group, which is what he was talking about on the fan, includes, uh, let's see, Jordan Lewis. Okay, fine. You know, average. Uh, Daryl Worley. I think about this. <laughs> yeah, D- Daryl Worley, average. Xavier Woods, average. Darian Thompson, average. Trayvon Diggs, lots of potential, but right now is a rookie in learning, and and you're seeing all the things that rookie corners go through. I I, I mean, obviously, I I don't buy, I truly don't believe that Stephen Jones is like, yeah, everything's cool here. You know, this is awesome. This is what we wanted. I don't believe that for a second. I don't think you believe that for a second. But he's he's saying the things that, you know, the boss or whatever you want to call Stephen Jones has to say. That being said, Tony, this secondary is a problem. Now, I've, I've made this analogy several times. It should also be said, 
that, yes, the Cowboys got lit up in Seattle, but they played Russell Wilson, the whole let Russ cook thing. If you and I, Tony, if we went to Bobby Flay's best restaurant, right, or Giada De Laurentiis' best restaurant, and the food was awesome, we would be sitting there and we would be saying, badass, this makes sense. They're great cooks. So it makes sense that the food is really good that they cooked. And so it makes sense that Russell Wilson would cook up something special because he is something special. So I think you have to consider that. Um, I'm not saying that makes everything okay, but um, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm maybe I'm just being too optimistic. Well, it's it's. It, I know being optimistic uh, is one thing, and I understand uh, Stephen Jones's comments. I mean, those are the guys that you're going to live with, and you got to support them, right? Mm-hmm. So what's he going to say? Oh, you know, these guys, you know, call them out and. and to me, that's really never been their ammo as far as calling players out. And the first thing you did, I always thought this was it's a ruthless business. As soon as they start saying good things about you, the next week, you know what, you could be bye-bye. But <laughs> I think the fact, I mean, that's the nature of the, the you know professional sports and the NFL and what I've, my observation is, has been. Um, but I, I, I think these guys, uh, I mean, they have some issues. And watching the Seattle game, I think there's a point in a game where you play so concerted because you're you're playing afraid, and I hate to I hate to use that because you don't ever want to you know describe a team playing afraid. Respect more is in line as well how you want to play, but not being afraid to get burnt by the big plays in which Russell Wilson does that. He did it against the Cowboys, but when you're playing off and you're giving him you know uh, opportunities to just play pitch and catch with some of these receivers. Trevon Diggs, I mean, he's going to be a good player. I, totally. I, I think he's got the DNA. He's aggressive. Yeah, he's going to get, you know, he's going to get his torching days as a rookie in the National Football League, just like a lot of veterans in the National Football League. But everything else around him, um, as far as the back end and being able to convert on long situations, it disturbs me. You know what really disturbs me, RJ, is the damn mistakes. Sure. I can live with – being outplayed. Totally. And, hey, look, the other team is better than us, X's and O's. But when you make mistakes time after time after time, the last three games that get your ass beat, you're lucky to beat the Atlanta Falcons because they beat their own selves, right? Mm-hmm. And you made enough positive plays. But you continue to be a chronic team that makes mistakes. That's where I have the issue, the mental errors. I don't disagree with that at all. I wrote a huge article. It was like 1,300 words at bloggertheboys.com. Um, really talking about, thank you. Uh, really talking about how Tony Pollard, not doing, not doing Tony's a good favor here. Uh, Mm -hmm. Tony Pollard. And, and this it's, it's not just the high we were on him last year. And now he's like making these bonehead decisions. And I don't want to bag on him at all, but it, every time he is associated with the football, it is generally not a great result. And, I mean, last week against the Falcons, two weeks ago, he brought a kick out that landed seven yards inside of his own end zone. I mean, those are the things I'm talking about. And for all we know, you know, John Fossil saying, I don't care how deep it lands, bring it out, whatever. And if that's the case, there's an even larger issue at stake. But those are the things I'm with you, Tony. I don't, I don't, I truly don't, you know, I don't know if you know this. Dak Prescott threw for 472 yards. That's the most that any quarterback. Yeah, it's the most that any quarterback's ever thrown for against the Seahawks. And I don't mind even playing that well and losing because guess what? You ran into one of the best teams, one of the best offenses, one of the best quarterbacks, one of the best players, whatever you want to call it. I don't have a problem with that. But yeah, the kickoff return, that costs you points. The missed extra points, mm-hmm. that costs you points. Yep. I mean, the 
and and you you mentioned mistakes, but we were told that this defense would be more aggressive, and that and, and that when you are aggressive, as we know, sometimes you're going to get burned because you're taking chances, but sometimes you're going to get turnovers. Do you know how many times Tony the Cowboys offense has started a possession on the positive side of the fifty yard line? I saw your drive chart. Um, it's really really ridiculous, ridiculously so, low. They have had 36 possessions, if you don't count the one at the end of the first half against Seattle that was just, you know, real quick. So of those 36 possessions, one of them has started on the plus side of the 50-yard line. It was after Chidabe Awuze's interception in Los Angeles. The other best starting field, the second best starting field position they've had this year was after the onside kick that they got against the Falcons. I mean, you know, and I'm, I mean, last night during Monday Night Football, they talked about how, you know, I mean, this they were talking about 16 straight games with a takeaway. Imagine that. I mean, yeah. I, can, I, I can't the even. Cowboys got one this year by Cheeto. Yeah. Their only, yeah, their only turnover after three games and a lot of opportunities. I it, saw. It, and, and it's frustrating. I mean, I, I think it's frustrating because you, you know, when you watch the game and you think there's ample opportunities and. And I've always been and, and I've been on teams where we play a great quarterback. But you know what? We're going to take chances to to make him make bad negative plays. And, 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 and I'm with you on that. I, I think that's very something that really pivots the field, changes field position and to your point where the offense has to get to start their drives. I mean, it's very difficult, you know, on the road or any opponent, especially when you got a dude on the other side, that's going to put up 50 points. Um, so I saw Bob Sturm kind of made this point in the athletic, uh, in the PC row for the athletic, the best Cowboys defensive lineman I, I thought entering last week was Tristan Hill. And I want to get your thoughts on the Gator role uh, in a little bit. But um, I think you could say it's Alden Smith, right? That You could go either way. But I think most people would, would say Alden Smith. Um, their best linebacker so far is Joe Thomas. Mm-hmm. And their best secondary player is Trayvon Diggs, right? Yeah. Do you agree with all those? Okay. So let's look at all three. Alden Smith is their best defensive lineman. He literally has not played football in five years. That's their best defensive lineman. Their their best linebacker, Joe Thomas. And again, this is, like meant, this is the good news and the bad news. Right, yeah. And this is meant as no shade to these players. They're playing very well. Uh, but again, Joe Thomas is sort of this role player that, you know, the Cowboys just kind of stumbled into, um, you know, that that is not this high-drafted, highly-paid player. That's not a good sign. And their best secondary player, Trayvon Diggs, is a second-round rookie. So if, if those are your best guys at every level, I mean, I, I, don't, I don't fall in line with all the people that bag on Demarcus Lawrence all the time, but where is Demarcus Lawrence? Mm. Where is Jalen Smith? Where is Xavier Woods? Those are the guys that you expect to be contributors. And, and people sit here, Tony, and they, they criticize Dak Prescott. And, yes, he threw a bad interception at the end of the first half, and you can't do that. I totally agree with that. But, I mean, the responsibility has to go elsewhere. I mean, this this defense, they have allowed 77 points over the last two weeks. And I know they played some great offenses, but they're just – they're. I mean, honestly, I, I, sometimes I say, um, you know, like somebody will ask me, like, what are you doing? I'll say, I'm, I'm just sitting here aging, right? Like, that's, you know, that's all you're doing, sitting there aging. Sometimes I just feel like that's all – all the defense is doing is exercising. Like just I getting out. Story about aging, by the way, I'm gonna, I'll, I'll share it uh, sometime during the podcast. Remind me to mention what how, what I experienced. I just I I don't I don't know what to make of it, man. I mean, I really don't. Well, let's start with Demarcus Lawrence. I you know I I watched him play, and the guy is 
And I love DeMarcus. I mean, I got to know him three years ago in Mexico. We did a football camp, and that was before he became DeMarcus Lawrence, the high, one of the highest paid defensive linemen in, linemen in the league. Uh, maybe been four years ago. But anyway, to me, he's just disappeared. I mean, I don't know if it's a change in this type of philosophy where he's, you know, they're, you know, playing with not their, with their hand not on the ground or just, you know, Mike Nolan's philosophy. But I watch him play, RJ, and it's not like they're double teaming him. And now all of a sudden the emphasis is going to go to Alden Smith, as you mentioned, a guy hadn't played in five years. Now, to Alden Smith or to Demarcus Lawrence defense, Alden Smith was a tremendous player before mm-hmm. he left the game. The the problem with that is that he hadn't played football in five years, and yet he's the high, he's like tied for the lead in sacks in the National Football League. So I don't know what's going on with DeMarcus. I don't know if he's playing injured. I know that Stephen or I think Stephen mentioned that we love we love DeMarcus because he shows up every game, even if he's injured. Well, you know, that's that's what you do in the National Football League. The difference between being hurt and injured. Okay. Yeah. So if he's not, you know, look, you're paying him that much money, he's got to contribute. Jalen Smith. We talked about that three weeks ago. Uh, first game. <laughs> We're talking game. about that for a, a yeah. year now. Yeah. You know, he gets paid the money, and you know, he's hot boys, and, and he's a he's a corporate conglomerate, you know, brand name. He's out there trying to build it, but he's not making any plays. And the point about the secondary. Look, I mean, Trayvon Diggs, if he's your best corner, and he's a hell of he was a great no, player, totally. Alabama. And I'm not not to discredit. You know, anybody else in that team, but you're playing with injuries. Guys are, you know, playing banged up. And, uh, but those are some issues. The problem is, though, let's get back to the mistakes in Tristan Hill, which I think is, he's come on. I mean, he showed up. He got his chance to play. We, we all, we talked about that before training camp. Uh, Gerald McCoy is gone for the season. He gets a chance. And I guess Neville Gallimore is, you know, he beat him out for, you know, that spot on the roster. But, those are the mistakes that get you beat. Mm-hmm. One, you know, the gator roll, you know, I, that's borderline dirty. I don't know if I would have did that. I mean, I don't know what was in the stop process, but look, dude, whenever you're the, the game's on the line and the quarterback is Russell Wilson or any quarterback back there, and you hit him head to go helmet to helmet, that's a penalty. Those are not smart plays. So while we want to sit here, while we're going to talk about who they have and who they don't have, I cannot tolerate the, the mistakes. That will get your ass beat every time. And, and look, that was a fine line in that game, RJ. There was two or three decisions that they made that weren't right that eventually cost them the game. Correct? Yeah. I, I mean, it, it's – again. And besides giving Russell Wilson the ball with three minutes or four minutes left is not very smart. But, I mean, what are you going to do? you got to convert and you got to go down and score and you got to try to take the league or whatever you need to do to stay on the field. I feel like I feel like every fan, every every person listening has has said this exact sentence at one point or another in their life to somebody else in terms of the Cowboys. If their defense was just average, like you don't even have to be good. You know what I mean? Like if, if you are just average. The, but why the, are we talking about this every year? RJ? I mean, no, and, and I, I mean, agree we talked about this year? Last I, I, year? So, Last year was really the decline. I mean, we, we gave them excuses, but we're talking about the same thing that we talked about last year. New we mentioned this year, new players. You're right. Same results. Well, we mentioned Monday Night Football, 
Anthony Hitchens and Damian Wilson played really well and obviously won the Super Bowl with the Chiefs last year. Carlton, man. Taco Taco had a moment. Um, I mean, and the the point is, is a lot of Cowboys defenders have gone elsewhere and maybe not necessarily experienced the same success as Hitchens and Wilson in terms of winning the Super Bowl, but we've seen them generate turnovers. When Brandon Carr left for the Baltimore Ravens, all of a sudden, hey, he's not allergic to interceptions anymore. And and it's enough it's enough of a sample size. This is something I've talked about with a friend of the show, Bobby Bell. It's enough of a sample size that you can deduce that it's scheme related, that the way the Cowboys are playing, that, that's that's the common denominator. I mean, it, it, what's that's the thing, right? Like that's the only thing that all of these situations have in common. And to your point, different coaching staff, different defensive scheme. I mean, so now it's no longer that. I mean, maybe it's just bad luck. I mean, I know that's not the answer. I'm, I'm, I'm joking, obviously, but it, it is it is a, a pattern. It, it is a problem. I mean, again, this is something that everybody listening said aloud, but Tyler Lockett was just running around that secondary. You know, I mean, it's again, it's one thing if you get beat because Russell Wilson threw a perfect ball and Tyler Lockett made an amazing catch. You know what I mean? Th- those things happen. Those amazing plays know, happen. A pretty good player. I mean, but, there's a lot of throws he made that he's right, one but, of those guys you give him the ball. And those guys, those guys are just – they don't come around that often. There's only sure. four of them that, that can do that. But but it's another thing to lose the way the Cowboys are losing defensively where dudes are just running by you. You know, the, the Trayvon Diggs play is an example, and you're right. I don't want to harp on Trayvon because he's a rookie. And the play he made against DK Metcalf was super great, super heads up, lots of awareness. Charles, Charles Tillman would be proud of the peanut punch, but he was burned. I mean, <laughs> I mean like he was toasted. And I mean that's that's happening on the reg against. But this he's season. out there trying to make a play. He's aggressive. No, yeah, he I don't want to. Yeah. And look, I he he got burnt. I mean, TK TK Metcalf calf is a tremendous wide receiver, and I mean he got burnt. I mean, that, there's no doubt about that. But head, you know, kudos to him for making a heads up play and knowing where you know TK Metcalf is didn't finish the play. It's, but I mean, to the whole schematic every year. You can have the same players. You have the same players that you had the year before. But again, when it comes down to the loss of concentration, and I think this is like the, you know, this is the the, the football brain hiccups that you have because all of a sudden you're making these mistakes and you're not thinking. Now, the thing that I think the narrative is every year that we talk about is these guys, the expectation, the ceiling, oh, how great they're going to be. But I think there is this chronic belief in some of these players that they start believing in how great they are. And it seems to me it's been like that for, you know, three or four years, five years, that they believe in the brand and are not playing like the brand should be represented, if that makes sense. And to me, that bothers me. They're not, they're not, they're not playing through, they're not, the focus is not there. And to me, that's when it comes in, that comes into play right there is what are you focusing on? What are you focusing on? What are you honing in on? Because you're making the same mistakes. And ultimately, you know, if you look at the mistakes the Cowboys have made, yeah, the Rams had a great offense, but their defense only held them to tw- they held them to twenty points, correct? Right. Aaron Donald was tremendous. There was points in there they had a chance to win, made mistakes. Same as Atlanta. I mean, they should have lost that game, right? But they sure. came back, and you know, but that was the narrative in that game. Same thing, the same. And I hear a lot of people, oh, well, I still think the Cowboys going to be eleven and five. Okay, well, maybe because the the, the NFC East is so bad. But other than that, do you think that all of a sudden they're going to be able to clean this up? And you want to get on somebody 
you got on you, you like getting on a boy Tony, Tony Pollard. How about Zeke in that game? I don't know what happened to him, but he was seeing ghost. I mean, you couldn't even get the ball out to him on a screenplay. I mean, some, a couple of throws were thrown behind him, but dropping balls. I mean, yeah. where was his life? I mean, he just looked like he wasn't there. So what I'm about to say is super, super average Cowboys fan watching the games in, in the room he devoted to in his house. You know what I mean? Like it's like when, when I was in high school, my dad had this friend and he had this this room that he painted blue. He called it the blue room. And so we would, you know, we'd go over there. Well, yeah, but this is my office now. This, this is my place of work. Uh, but so. It feels like, and I, again, I, this is a feeling, so I know that I, that's not the most precise way of measuring things. It feels like every team the Cowboys play, the superstars on that team have superstar days mm-hmm. because that's what superstars do, right? Like you mentioned, Aaron Donald had a superstar day because he's a superstar. Well, that's when, the way it is. When people play the Cowboys, they want to play – They you get their best shot. And I hate to say that all these other teams in the National Football League – but that's the way it was when I played against sure. the Cowboys, and it's it, it's the way it is today. You're going to get your best performance because it's the freaking Cowboys. No, and and that's a fair point to to bring up. Certainly, I don't know why, but I think people they're playing. It's a it's a big game, and all they want to do is like they want their moment when it comes to beating the damn Cowboys. Yeah, part of the America's team and brand. By God, I'm going to have my best moment. No, I I agree with you 100. percent And so they. They don't stop the superstar performances from the players they play. Aaron Donald goes off. Matt Ryan goes off. Calvin Ridley goes off. Granted, Julio Jones, you know, didn't go off, but Julio Jones had the drop against him. It's not like they did anything against Julio Jones. That Prescott's pass was on the practice squad. Right, but against Seattle, their superstar went off in Russell Wilson. He's this, like, supernova star, right? And he goes off. When was the last time? I mean, and I'm not trying to, to... you know, speak, you know, sillyly, um, that's not a word, but when was the last time a Cowboys defensive superstar went off? Because to me, the, the answer is truly, well, I think you could say Sean Lee against the Rams last year, maybe. Mm-hmm. You could you could maybe say Sean Lee against the Giants last year on Monday night, the Black Cat game, but and, and maybe you don't even regard Sean Lee as a superstar anymore, and that's fine. Other than that, I think the answer is is 2018, that, that run they had when we said they would lose all five of those games, and they went 5-0 and uh, after they traded for Amari Cooper when Leighton Vanderish and Jalen Smith were showing up. That was when their superstars went off. But defensively, they, they don't. And, and it's almost like they're just cool with, hey, Dak, blew it again. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to go out there and score a touchdown, that'd be cool. And and maybe we can go to overtime and maybe we'll stop him. I don't know. Uh, it's almost like you're waiting for someone else to make the play. And and I I always thought that you if you want to be the person that people talk about, and if you want to get paid and you want to be anointed as a Pro Bowl player, then you got to make plays. And and I think when I the first person we start we we think about on that defense is Lawrence. Yeah. And I don't know if he can't handle the pressure of being a big-time player. I don't know what's going on with him. And, yeah, maybe I am calling him out. But you're right. When, when You need big players to show up in big moments. I don't care what it is. I mean, you got to read. you got to pivot the game. you got to change the momentum to go the other direction. Yeah. And we haven't seen anyone just freaking, you know, go off. Like three sacks, two tackles for loss, or, you know, two or three picks. Well, you know, yeah. we, won't, we won't see that, but – 
I mean, we haven't seen it, but those type of players. Their, their greatest contributions, the Cowboys, defensively, because we, we've, for a long time, for a decade, the offense has, has been what has kept them, you know, alive in, in games and in seasons. But if you think about the, the biggest defensive plays to happen for the Cowboys, and I'm, I'm just, I know I'm, I'm cherry picking here, but D- Demarcus Lawrence's biggest play so far throughout his career is in the wild card game against the Lions his rookie year uh, when he sacked Matthew Stafford after fumbling, by the way. Uh, but he sacks Matthew Stafford, causes the fumble, and recovers it. And yes, that sounds like a superstar, but he was a rookie. I mean, he was a rookie. So at, at the time in the playoff game that you're playing, your rookie is the one making the biggest impact. You think about, you know, Byron Jones never made a superstar play, although I certainly believe he was a very good player. I'm not trying to, to bag on Byron Jones here either. Taco Charlton was supposed to be a superstar, never made a play. The the only kind of like superstar that that played like that uh, as a member of the Cowboys so far was Leighton Vandrash, just because he was this first round rookie and, and he really played that way. Other yeah, than that, so long ago. Yeah, but but other, like it's it. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I'm not trying to complain about this. It's awesome that Alden Smith is playing very well, but he has literally not played football in five years and that's the dude who is the new superstar for your defense like it, Robert Quinn was the guy last year who was this guy you traded for and granted that was a really smart thing and that was the guy that performed the most I know that sacks aren't everything I know that guys get double teamed all of that is fair and all of that has merit but at a certain point that's why people are frustrated because they want to see the guys who they're going and buying the jerseys of show up and show out and actually do something themselves instead of letting other people do the work for them yeah, and I took up for Everson Griffin last week on on social media, but I mean we haven't really seen him make any big plays, and I think the expectation is for him to come in here and be a playmaker. And Don Terry Poe, I, I don't know what I mean. To me, he just looks like a big dude, like a run stopper, and I, we really haven't heard his name called that many times. So he was another guy, free agent they brought in, um, and so I mean across the board. Uh, you know, Jalen Smith, to me, I, I really am just – I'm not disappointed, but I'm surprised that he's playing this bad. And maybe not that, but below average. I'm not going to – I mean, to me, that's – and I'm sure he'll say the same. He's just not showing up in big moments. And, you know, they're paying the big contract. I mean, there's some guys that went out and, you know, paid. Tremendous story, tremendous comeback story. And But right now, we're not looking for comeback player, players of the year, unless you're Alden Smith. Right. We're looking at guys who oh, already established wow. themselves, and we're looking for people or guys are being paid, and to be able to make those plays. That's a great to validate validate why they paid him the big money. That's, that's a great a way to put You're it. Always trying to validate why you paid me the big money, and we're not seeing that right now. Yeah, that's a great way to put it. And I don't want to disregard winning comeback player of the year because it's it's an impressive thing. And <laughs> we're and not I, looking for comeback players. Right. Unless you've been out for five years, right? And I and I've said this already. I think Alex Smith deserves his own special comeback play of the year. I mean, for everything he's gone through from a individual perspective. But if we're talking about what they're doing on the football field, Alden Smith is is the clubhouse leader for that award. And and while that is certainly impressive, and what Alden Smith is doing is very impressive. Right now, you're you're to your point. You're looking for defensive MVPs. You're looking for guys that can win defensive player of the year. And and you haven't had that in a long time, man. Um, I, and I don't, I don't know how that changes on, on Sunday against the Browns, which is a weird sentence to say. I don't know if you know this, Tony. The Browns are above 500 for the first time since 2014. Um, yeah. Well, when you think things are bad, 
Yeah, look at the Browns. As a fan. <laughs> yeah. But- I, I saw that stat. I'm like, is that right? It's been that long since they've been above 500. It's well, congratulations to the Cleveland Browns. Yeah, this the air is nicer above 500, uh, certainly, but not that the Cowboys would know right now. But, uh, but they are bringing their own potential defensive player of the year to town in Miles Garrett. That will be a problem, especially if Tyron Smith does not play. The last thing I want to get your thoughts on, Tony, is just somebody who's sort of lived not sort of but lived the life as a professional athlete and, and been through uh, health and, and whatever. I mean, you know, things how things how they go in the NFL, there is. I don't know if I should call it a concern or bewilderment concerning Lyle Collins. Um, we we just simply do not know. In fact, Jerry Jones's quote on 105.3 on, uh, on Tuesday was, we don't know, the doctors don't know, I don't know. Um, nobody knows what the issue is. There were initially reports, as you know, that he was out of shape, but then there was the car accident. I mean, and, and Jerry Jones brought up surgery himself as an option. I, that is, it's it's very 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 strange what is happening with Lyle Collins right now, and, and there's no real way to answer that right now. Yeah, it's kind of vague as far as what's really going on with him, and it, it's it, you know it's really hurting their their offensive line with having both their starters out, and you know you get those two guys back. If you could have right the ship and get all those guys back and they're healthy, especially the offensive line, because I don't know about Tyron. To me. He's missed a lot of games in the last two or three years, I'm thinking. I think last year, how many games he missed, I'm not for sure. Uh, maybe it was less than I than I thought. But I think he's going to this transition where he's being – you know, he's hurt a lot. And I don't mm-hmm. know what that's going to do for his career because if, obviously it's, a, it's supposed to be a neck injury or a stinger. He still has that stinger going on. I believe that's what it is. I mean, I don't, I don't haven't gotten the, the medical report on it, so I'm not exactly sure. But he's got an issue with that. So if you both those guys and I, I don't know, it's 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 a little strange and perplexing because you don't get the information and you don't see the guys because of just the, the way it, sports and the NFL's covered now because of COVID. But they got to get those two guys healthy. Um, and, and they really I mean, I think if once if you get those two guys healthy, how good things, the possibility, the things that this team can do if they don't continue to have mistakes. I yeah. think that they can – 11-5, and five, I hear that number floating out there. Look, I mean, I just know if you're on a team that constantly makes mistakes and that becomes chronic, then you have a hard time. And I'm not, their offense is – I mean, look, their offense can put up numbers. They're fun to watch. Dak is having a heck of a year. He's a tremendous quarterback, but, you know, he's not Russell Wilson. And and that's not – you know, I, I there's not too many Russell Wilsons. I mean, no. there's a – Fine line between that, and it's nothing to say anything negative about Dak, but when you watch that game, Russell makes those plays, and maybe it's because his familiarity with his offense, and they got a hell of a coach in Pete Carroll. I love that dude. I think he's a tremendous coach, and but I think they have, <coughs> excuse me, the, the the things in place. But all we talked about during on this podcast is the lack of the defensive play. And then the mistakes. And then you mentioned Leo Collins and Tyron Smith. I mean, there's just a lot of things that need to be fixed right now before them to move on and, and have a really, really good year. No, I agree. And my last thought here is, you, and you're, I agree with you, you're, you're saying, imagine what this team could look like if Tyron Smith and Lyle Collins play. Okay, that's a fair point, right? Like, imagine what this offense could look. Man, well, may, maybe that offense can look good enough that Dak Prescott can throw for 472 yards in a single game. Well, yeah, game. And, you know? and so I'm kind of contradicting myself because, look, I mean, they 
they put up 450 yards passing. So, right. I mean, they're getting the job done. And not to say they can't do it without those two guys. And maybe that I, maybe that's not a fair sure. assessment because they just did. They just they should have won the game. They could have easily won the game. They got tremendous weapons. Yeah. But maybe they can do it with the passing game. And maybe they don't have to play from behind. And But the whole narrative to this team right now is playing – is, is trying to play games mistake-free right. and just really imploding and may, and really in self-inflicting errors. No, that's what and, it is. And, and that's, that's my point. I mean, the offense has to play mistake-free to just have a shot because, you know, if, if the defense could, could mitigate what they're doing and, and could mm-hmm. adjust what they're doing, thing, things, are, things are different and things are more manageable. But um, I don't know. But um, very quickly, Tony, last, 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 last thought. The Clippers are falling apart. What a shame. Just hate to see it. Just really, what a bummer. Huge yeah, they bummer. are. And, and I think I'm going to get on your I hate Kawhi Leonard <laughs> wagon. Because he just got Doc Rivers fired. It's it's almost like him and he, Paul George, man. I'm like, yeah, come on, it, man. It, you got the best. It's almost like bad, you know, when he shows up, not everything isn't beautiful and rosy and perfect and in harmony. It's all it's almost like that. I don't know. I mean just what a huge disappointment though. Um, that team. Who you, you got, got talking about underachieving? Lakers or Heat? I'm cheering for the Heat. I know. What a weird world that we're cheering for the Heat, but um, but me too. Okay, Tony, uh oh, Cowboys or Browns, very quickly. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I, I'm a fan of Baker Mayfield just because he went to OU, but I'm not that big a fan. Sure. And you mentioned Miles Garrett. He's fighting Texas. He's going to be a difference maker, man. I mean, the Duke and Ball, and you know they 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 have a tremendous running game. Um, their running back is a tremendous player, so I think it's going to be a test for the the defense. But I, I think – I feel it's a, it's a noon game, mm-hmm. and I hope they show up because the last noon game, I, I went to the last home game. There was no energy. If they come out and just show up and have some type of pulse, I think they'll beat the Browns. I'm going to take the Cowboys. Cowboys will win 35-17. to 17. If they get Baker Mayfield out of that, you know, that serviceable quarterback mode, and nothing against that. I think it's very systematic. And they keep him, and then they stop the run. I think I think the Cowboys can have a big win. I mean, they need this win at I, home. I'm interested to watch just because I'm not trying to diminish who Baker Mayfield is, or you know what what Cleveland has. Nick Chubb's very good. Kareem Hunt's very good. I mean, you know they certainly have offensive weapons themselves. But this is a different offense than Sean McVay, than the Atlanta Falcons, although they have a lot of problems themselves, and obviously than Russell Wilson. And so if if this looks more normal. For the Cowboys, if, if it is a 35-17 type of win, you know, a, a convinced, not convincing, but, you know, a, a game they win handily, I will I will start to be able to buy that they just ran into some really good offenses. You know, because that, that's a possibility right now is that they just have run into some really good offenses, some pretty good quarterbacks, and, you know, that that's kind of where they are. But Yeah, know. and you would agree. This this offense is – and, and you mentioned the Kareem Hunt and the running backs they have are tremendous player, but – I think the Cowboys have showed offensively the receivers. I mean, the receivers are playing exceptionally well mm-hmm. and a quarterback and they can put up points. Totally. And I think if they get in a shootout with the, with the Browns, I think we'll, we'll see some of that. Some of the blemishes will be put on a quarterback like Baker Mayfield. So I, I don't know, maybe I'm going too high. What do you think? You think he, they should put 35 up on him? Yeah, I think so. 21. I, I'm going to go 20. I think I think the Browns 
Brandon Carr's back on the, the is on the roster, correct? Yeah, he played last and week. Had, see his had old a bad penalty. I guess to see Odell Beckham Jr., the guy he made freaking a household name. I wonder uh, if he gets any residuals off that. They should go up at the game. You're like, dude, you know what? I made you who you are. Freaking maybe. catch you made on Monday night football, and I was Sunday night. What football. was my money, bro? Or Sunday night, whatever. It was a national telecast game, yeah. whatever night. Um, I don't know, but I hope Brandon Carr gets the last laugh this Sunday. <laughs> I hope uh, so too. I hope he gets a pick. We need some picks. Always a good chat, Tony. Uh, everybody, we'll see you next Tuesday. We of course have more shows coming later on this week on the Blog and the Boys Podcast Network. Have yourselves a good one. This was the Seven Five Zero. 